Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. It's time for school, Rock School, with your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. Here's a neat piece of information. Woodstock, Joan Baez was supposed to start Woodstock. Right. So if you ever want to collect a poster from Woodstock, make sure Joan Baez is listed first. Because okay. if Richie Havens is listed first, it's it a re- ain't right. Right, it's a reprint and they faked it. Gotcha. Okay. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show on the Rock School Radio Network, broadcasting from the campus, Southeastern Louisiana University. I'm Joe. You are? I'm Tammy. There you are. Was 1967 the greatest year for albums ever? I don't know if it is or not. So far, six months in, it is. Okay. The uh, The reason for that question is because this is number two of two, a two-for show, where we are discussing the albums that came out in 1967, because if you missed last week's show, when I was doing research into the Beatles uh, re- issue, obviously, of Sgt. Pepper's, it came out in 67. And a lot of the times when I read about the album, the person who was the writer made the statement that 1967 was the greatest year for albums ever, period. Well, (laughs) is it? Well, I went ahead and I looked at 1967 and broke it down by months, the albums that were brought out. And I found that it's not only that the albums were great, there were a tremendous number of debut albums. So what we're doing is looking at the albums that came out in 67. Last week we did January through June, and we start in July, and I think I made a boo-boo. Uh-oh. The reason is because the number of albums that were put out January through June Mm -hmm. is nothing compared to the number of albums that came out. So let us begin with July. At the beginning of July, Live in Europe came out, which is easily one of your favorite uh, albums from soul singer Otis Redding. In fact, it was his first live album as well, and it was the only album that's live released during his lifetime. Brilliant, brilliant album. Also in July, Best of the Beach Boys, Volume 2 came out. What do you care about a best of? It's not that it's the album. It's the story behind the album. Mm-hmm. Remember, Brian Wilson was supposed to put out sort of the next Pet Sounds. Yes. It was going to be called Smile. And he wasn't giving information and giving songs to Columbia fast enough. So they basically gave the Beach Boys the middle finger. Right. And said, we're going to package all your hits together. So the album that did come out had to compete with themselves for a greatest hits. So it's the story behind it that's more interesting. Here's another debut, Canned Heat comes out in 1967. That's the album by the group Canned Heat. It does not have on it going up the country and the hits you know by Canned Heat. Really? As a matter of fact, it's just a series of covers, blues covers and things like that. And I'll ask you, do you want to hear Bobby Gentry or do you want to hear the Spinners' first album? 
Well, you know I want to hear Bobby Gentry. Oh, do you? Oh, do. Billy Joe comes out and is the debut solo, of course, from Bobby Gentry in 1967. In fact, it was the only album to displace the Beatles' (gasps) Sgt. Pepper's from its 15-week reign at the top. No, are you serious? Bobby... She did it. Yeah, we all cared what happened. Now, let me just give you the Spinners as well since we're here. The original Spinners was the first album by the Spinners. 1967 debut for Motown does not have any of their major, major hits on it. The biggest one was That's What Girls Are Made For. Any idea? No. No? Okay. See, good reason not to hear them, right, at this time. Ode to Billy Joe. That's our representative from July of 1967. Greatest year for albums ever? Well, let's find out. Here you go. It's Bobby Gentry on Rock School. Was it third of June, another sleepy, dusty Delta day? I was out chopping cotton and my brother was baling hay. Much of anything And may I spend a lot of time Picking flowers up on Choctaw Ridge And drop them into the muddy water Off the Tallahatchie Bridge Chickasaw County's own Bobby Gentry Chickasaw County, Mississippi, actually Yes, it is Did you know that the bridge that they're talking about in the song, mm-hmm. that's an actual bridge yeah. the day Billy Joe McAllister jumped off the Tallahatchie Bridge. Have you ever been to the Tallahatchie Bridge? You know, I think I have. The, the, what's funny about it is you would think from the song that you could kill yourself by jumping off the I Tallahatchie so. Bridge. No, kids jump in no. it all the time. Yeah. It's, a, it's about a 10-foot drop. Y- you need to swim there. Yeah, just to see that you did it. You know what? Yes. Road trip. Not a bad idea. Not Road a bad trip. Because you know in Chickasaw County, Mississippi, there's barbecue. Oh, there's something else. That's unbelievable. Red what Hots. Is that? That's true. Yeah, Red Hots. Let's go to August. Welcome to 1967. August, one, two, three, four, five. Well, and a sixth one, but it isn't uh, a debut album. I'll give you the one that isn't the debut. Arlo Guthrie's Alice's Restaurant comes oh, out. Oh, that's fun. I was going to play Alice's Restaurant, but uh, that would take up 29 minutes of the Most show. Most of your life. Yeah, that would not be a good idea. In August, at the beginning of the month, The Piper at the Gates of Dawn comes out, and it is the debut studio album by what rock band? Do you know? I don't know. The hit was C. Emily Play. Do you know? mm. Sid Barrett was the lead singer at that point in time. Do you know? Sid Barrett. Sid Barrett. Uh, Roger Waters. Yeah, I'm going to It's not coming out of my mouth. Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd. And again, C. Emily Play was the first one that uh, that came off of that. I'll give you another one. Spanky and Our Gang comes out. It's the debut album by Spanky and Our Gang. August 1st, as a matter of fact, 1967. I should have said that one first. And it had a couple major hits on it. Sunday Will Never Be the Same and Lazy Day. Both of those were on there. You know what would be fun? Pourquoi? To relive this year. Can you imagine all these albums coming out? This did, is mind-blowing to me. Did people know? You know what I mean? Did they sit back and go, these are albums that are going to last forever? Or was it just a good album? Did they know? I think they knew. You think so? I do. I want to believe. And the one we're going to play from, Big Brother and the Holding Company oh. comes out. It's the debut album, of course, 
from Big Brother and the Holding Company, and who was the lead singer of Big Brother and the Holding Company? I can't tell you. Janis Joplin. Oh, my God. There you go. It was recorded during the three days in December, their 1966 get-together. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you past that. I'm getting some finger gestures from my wife. I have to stop asking her for names on air. Here you go. Big Brother and the Holding Company on Rock School. What don't Oh man, I am just going to run out of time. This is going to be one of those shows where I'm just going to end up listing albums that come out. You're going to be sitting in a corner somewhere. Yeah, yeah I know. Uh, the Thoughts of Emeralds Davjack came out in 1967 from the psychedelic rock group The Nice. This is one of those bands that you either know them and love them, or I've never heard. I've never of heard the of nice. them. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the way the band is. The people who know them think they're the greatest things since sliced cheese. But the people who have not heard of them, I mean, really have not heard of them. They were sort of one of those bands that, in like, like the band Love, mm-hmm. it, it, it was the prototypical of what was coming. So they were the ones that cracked the ice, but others had the hits. Gotcha. Now, someone who's a nice fan is going to say to me, Joe, you're an idiot. Entirely possible that I'm an idiot, but we'll move along. And the one we're going to play... Vanilla Fudge comes out. It's the first album by, of course, Vanilla Fudge. It's entirely, and I don't know why they would do this, half-speed covers of little tiny originals. So it's got Carmen Apice on drums. It's got the original Tim Bogert, Vince Martell, and, of course, Mark Stein, lead vocals and keyboard. What most people know from them is their, their remake, of the Supremes, You Keep Me Hanging On. Mm-hmm. You want it? Yeah. You know, the original, I think, is two minutes and 20 seconds. We got two minutes. Uh, no, we got five minutes because they play at half speed. Oh. Yeah. Vanilla Fudge on Rock School. First break here on Rock School as we discuss, was 1967 the greatest year ever for the album? A lot of people seems to think so. In fact, where I got it was when I was doing independent research for the uh, new release of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. 
I have also some research into why the album is going away, why the album is dying. Now, some of you who collect vinyl are saying, no, you're lying. The problem is the statistics don't bear it out as a lie. It says here in a, a, a BBC piece by Hannah Ellis Peterson, she states that the head of the BBC radio... She states that the head of BBC Radio has already proclaimed the album dead. Now, that's from radio. Yeah. Remember, radio is hit-oriented. They mm-hmm. want to play the songs that are hits. Even even sort of FM, progressive radio, they still want songs you can recognize. It says here, the statistics for album sales and revenue from online streaming services show consumers simply are bypassing what she calls the traditional constraints of the LP and are listening to cherry-picked selections of hits, to which people say, yeah, but so what? There's still people buying out. Albums. Yeah. Um, she points out that when she wrote the album, and I don't have the date here, the number one album on the album chart, on Billboard's album chart, got there by selling 48,000 copies. That's not a lot. No. No, in the world. It used, you know, this album is 15 times platinum. Didn't even break 50,000, and they were number one. She says it's streaming and the ability for you or famous people to create playlists. She says that's what is at fault, and that's what is causing the downfall of the album. Who's listening to us? That would be WBSD in Burlington, Wisconsin. I think our first affiliate. Catch us on Facebook, search Rock School Radio Show, or we'll find you. We will really find you. Back in a minute on Rock School. out of the break you know i'm just gonna have to blow through a few of these welcome to september by the way yeah the beach boys smiley smile comes out wait a minute didn't they just put out a greatest hits album yeah remember though the story behind it is really wonderful uh it has to do with the fact that they had smile the record company didn't want it, so they put out, or did wasn't getting it fast enough. They put out, they, the record company, puts out a greatest hits so they can make some, some money. Smiley Smile did not quite live up because it wasn't the album Smile that Brian Wilson wanted. It was some of the songs, but then again, it was the songs that came out when he was a bit out of his mind yeah. and was writing songs to, like, Lettuce and things like that. Uh, She's Going Bald and Little Pad are the ones that a lot of people the one a lot of people know from it. Tim Buckley's Hello and Goodbye. Pardon me, I got it backwards. Goodbye and Hello comes out. Now, you may not know Tim Buckley, but I'll make you a bet. You know the then-infant son at that time, Jeff Buckley. Jeff and Beck? That, no, Jeff Buckley, Jeff, the guy Jeff who Buckley. sang Yeah, the guy who sang Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. No, I get it. Okay. He didn't write yes. it, but that's the one most people know. And uh, what a lot of people believe is the best album ever created by the Kinks, Something Else by the Kinks, coming out on Reprise Records. Okay, so what are we going to play? I got a bunch here again, so let's play one by Richie Havens because his debut album comes out in 67. It's called Mixed Bag, and it has Handsome Johnny on it. If you're ever around when Handsome Johnny plays Marching On to War, Mm -hmm. right? Here's a neat piece of information. Woodstock. Joan Baez was supposed to start Woodstock. Right. So if you ever want to collect 
a poster from Woodstock, make sure Joan Baez is listed first because okay. if Richie Havens is listed first, it's it a re- ain't right. Right, it's a reprint and they faked it. Gotcha. Okay, Joan Baez has to be listed she first. She closed it, didn't she? No, no, no. Oh, Hendrix closed Hendrix it. Hendrix closed yeah. it. No, the the thing was Joan Baez didn't make it for some reason, one or another, could not get to the stage, and the people who were there looked around and went, "We need somebody to go on." Richie Havens says, "Yeah." Get a chance. Watch the Woodstock documentary. This guy walks out in front of a quarter million people with an acoustic guitar. That's it. And plays. Nice. And what most people know is Handsome Johnny. It sounds like this on Rock School. Hey, look yonder, tell me what's that you see. Marching to the fields of Concord. Looks like Handsome Johnny with a musket in his hand. Marching to the Concord War. Almost here it's with us. Bottom of the hour, as we discuss, was 1967 the greatest year ever for albums? Still rocking. Yeah, you're nodding your head. Here's a couple more from September that we weren't able to play a song by. Procol Harum is the debut studio album from... Procol Harum, and everybody knows Say Whiter Shade of Pale. Say it again. Procol Harum, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Whiter Shade of Pale, that's what everybody knows. Also, Winds of Change comes out. It's the debut album for Eric Burden and the Animals. And what people are going to say, no, no, the animals were out. Wait, 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 wait. Debut album for Eric Burden and the Animals. San Franciscan Nights is really probably the song you know off of it. So, bottom of the hour. We'll continue on and get to uh, October in just a second. I'm Who Joe are Burns. You? I'm Joe Burns. I'm Tammy Burns. You just let me do it. Well, I'll you won't there. shut up. August 14th through August 20th. Those are the dates. Seven days, 70 seconds. You got Monday. Go. August 14th, 1999. Leaf Garrett pleads guilty to drug pr- possession in Los Angeles <laughs> and is ordered into rehab. <laughs> That's when I liked him so much. Sounds like you're on drugs. August 15th, 1958, Buddy Holly marries Maria Elna Santiago at his childhood home in Lubbock, Texas. August 16th, 1977, Elvis Presley dies at his home in Graceland. Yeah, look out. Look out for a week of everything Elvis. August 17th, 1991, Nirvana records the video for Smells Like Teen Spirit. August 18th, 1955, Pete Seeger testifies before the House Un-American Activities Committee. The Who Act, ladies and gentlemen. The Who Act. Yeah. August 1968, final episode of The Monkees goes on the air. And then finally, August 20th, 1992, Sting marries Trudy Styler at their estate in England. Nice. Why didn't we get married at our estate in England? Because we don't have one. Welcome to October. I got a bunch to tell you about. We'll start with this one. Ten years after is the debut album for the English blues rock band 10 years after. Let's all listen to Alvin Lee go. Watch this on Rock School. Let's finish up October as we talk about was 1967, the greatest year for albums. Safe as Milk 
comes out. It's a debut album from Captain Beefheart and his Magic Band. It's all blues, I thought it was Magic Bag. I always thought they were saying Magic Bag. No, no. no. There's a guy on there named Rye Cooter. You may know of him, 20 years old at the time of the recording, and did real, real well. And here's the one I want to play for you. Wait, wait, wait. That's his real name? Rye Cooter, yeah. That's the coolest name ever. Do you? He's a slide player. Well, of course he is. Do you remember the movie Crossroads with Steve Vai and Ralph Macchio? Yes. Now, Ralph, Ralph Macchio was not playing all those guitar parts. He wasn't. No, yeah, I, I understand. You know, hey, 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 hey. I thought the Karate Kid could. Don't, don't ruin it for me, man. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, it was all done by Roy Cooter, or Roy Cooter. Cool, yeah, love it. And the one we're going to play, the debut album from Sly and the Family Stone, a whole new thing. And you'd think to yourself, well, it, it's got to be, what, dance to the music. Yeah. Thank you for letting me be myself. No, as a matter of fact, it came out to real mixed criticism. Mm-mm. And uh, the guy who signed him, Clive Davis of CBS Records, went to the lead singer, Sly Stone, and said, look, a little too experimentally, can you write hits? And he Uh-oh. went, yeah, of course I can. It keeps us signed, man. And that's when all the, the hits came out. But let's take a listen to what was one from the original Sly and the Family Did Stone Did he have the album. big coat? Oh, you know he did. And it, all... was, it was just a little too experimentally oh, and not man. wonderful. He goes, Sly and the Family Stone on Rock School. Into the second break. Let's talk once again what's happening with the album. The uh, online version of The Economist uh, suggests that there will always be a market for albums because there are still people that remember the album. Yeah, the romantics. Right. It has to kind of die away from attrition. The people Mm -hmm. who care about an album pretty much have to all die before the album dies completely. So says The Economist. They didn't put it quite like that, but that's what they said. It also says here that a breakthrough album can still pull down 400,000 globally. The problem is it's being done less and less and less and less and less. They also are of the opinion, as I said earlier, time is not on the album's size. He, uh, the person who wrote it, suggests that, you know, hit albums that come out. Think Adele. Yes. Think Ariana Grande. Mm -hmm. The Alabama Shakes were touring, playing major venues, huge festivals. They just struggled for their album to sell 700,000 copies. And you say to yourself, well, that's gold. Yeah, it is. But in today's world, if you can sell 700,000 copies, what would it have been in 1982? Ooh, Multi, 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 multi platinum. Yeah. I would like to know what their downloads are. They said, by the way, the album did finally reach platinum status, but it had to be a great number of sales over in Europe yes. for it to happen. Has it hit platinum in America alone? Not yet. Maybe so that's a good show. It can be done. Oh, but the Alabama Shakes rock. No, I mean, Al- I mean uh, album sales versus downloads. 
ah, I'd like to see what their downloads are. Yeah. I think if you translated their downloads into purchasing of an album, mm-hmm. again, they would have a multi, multi, multi platinum album, which you're just not getting One anymore. more question sure. for you. Uh, what about the quality of the albums that are being put out now? I, so, well, I mean, is it, is it the... Is it a better quality than what came out in 67? Recording is better. I mean, is, you can is, make a nicer recording. Okay, but what about the thickness, the feel, oh, yeah. all of that? Is, oh, is, yeah. is it better now than it was then? I don't know that it's better all the way around, but when they put out albums, they're 100 grade, 180 gram vinyl. I mean, it's virgin vinyl too. It's the best you can get. Okay, what about the album cover? Uh, you know, that's being the, lost. The thickness of the paper. It's flat out being lost. The artistry that went into designing the album cover. I have to believe materials, they're best of the bunch. Because when, a, when a, an artist puts out the album again, I remember when all of the original Van Halens were released. Their big pitch was that 180 gram vinyl, the best paper, that kind of stuff. They're uh-huh. collector's items. Yeah. But I don't know that you're going to get KTELs because KTEL type stuff, it's going to go onto the web. That's where it's going to come out because it costs less to create it. Right. Okay. Got to take a break. Who's ooh, listening to ooh, us? Who is listening? Uh, KSCL in Shreveport. Perfect. Back in a minute on Rock School. Out of the break, here's one that I forgot to mention to you in October. The Doors' Strange Days come out. If you remember, The Doors at the beginning of the year put out The Doors. Right. Their debut album, but here's a second one, Strange Days. I can't take it. Oh, it happens. Back then, they would put out albums that quick. CCR put out three albums in one year. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. How do people work? Let's do November because we're just going to tell you about it and then move along. The Who Sell Out, which is the third studio album by the British rock band. Uh, I think it's one of their coolest because they create a, a radio show, basically, all the way down to recreating the commercials. Yeah. And some of them got sued. Seriously. <laughs> the people who owned the the uh, the rights to jingles and things like that got all upset at The Who. And, of course, The Who laughed about nice. it. Just great publicity. And also the Amboy Dukes comes out, which is the debut album for the Amboy Dukes. Why do we care? It's Ted Nugent's first band. So that's first oh, you heard of Ted Nugent. Oh, my goodness. Okay. okay, welcome to December. Is 1967 Is the it going to be a good Christmas? Album. Oh, yeah. Really? Their Satanic Majesty's Request is the sixth British album by the Rolling Stones. I say British album because it was the eighth here in America. If you've ever seen the, the cover, and I'll show it to you if you don't know it, it's so blatantly a ripoff of Sgt. Pepper's, and it really wasn't as wonderful an album as <laughs> should have been. They and just had to put out a, a little... Uh... I think, I think so. And it really gave the impression that's what they were doing. Mm-hmm. It's an answer to Sergeant Pepper. Didn't quite answer well enough. So we'll play one from December, oh, come back. and that's we'll, sad. Well, no, the Stones didn't hit all the time. Yeah. I mean, but they certainly hit enough. Incense and Peppermints, the first album by psychedelic rock band Strawberry Alarm Clock, comes out. And, of course, Incense and Peppermints becomes their big hit. We'll play it. We'll come back. We'll wrap up December and the show. Here you go on Rock School. Good 
Here's a couple other ones that came out in December, and we'll play one for you. The Beatles' Magical Mystery Tour came out. Beatles put out two albums? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Came out on Capitol. And Jimi Hendrix Experience, Axis, Bold as Love, which had Little Wing and If Six Was Nine. Wait a minute. Didn't we just have Are You Experience? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. 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 So that's, that's three groups now that have put out two albums. Beach Boys, Beatles... Jimi Hendrix, wow. uh, Doors 4. Wow. There you go, in 1967. Uh, hear me, uh, let me tell you a couple more. Uh, Songs of Leonard Cohen comes out. It is the debut album, of course, by Leonard Cohen. Achieves gold status and peaks out at number 13 that year. And the one we'll play from, Mr. Fantasy. Debut album by the English rock band Traffic is released uh, this year. Of course, it had all of the group members in it that you would know: Jim Capaldi, Steve Winwood, Chris Wood, and Dave Mason. Here and on you Rock know what? 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 You got to hand it to him. Oh yeah. Who has guts to even put out an album this year? I would wait till <laughs> next year if I That's, were them. We're going to talk about this in the last break. Okay. Did they know? Of course they did. Ah well, we'll find out. Here you go. It's, it's uh, Traffic on Rock School. Last break here on Rock School of our two for show was 1967, the greatest year ever for albums. Do you think? Yes or no? Yes. You think so? I do. Hmm. Again, I ask, did they know? Did the radio stations know? Did they sit around and look at each other and went, wow, these will be albums that will be around forever. Now, if you ask them now, I mean, I know what disc jockeys do. If you ask me now, you're a great liar. Of course, I knew. Yeah, did you... Did you really? Do you think that 66 was such a great year that they 67. just... 67. No. Oh, I was 66. Hang with me. That okay. 66 had been such a great year that it was just like, meh. It's just more of what came out of 66 and Entirely 65. Entirely possible. Be honest with you, I didn't look at 66. What's wrong with you? Because I'm an idiot. I think that's the real reason. Let's just admit it. Um, you know what else I want to look at? What's that? 68. Yeah, what came what, before, what came after. Was it was it completely destroyed after 67? I don't know, but I'll tell you what, I have to believe. And again, Sgt. Pepper was the reason for this entire scream fest. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to believe after Sgt. Pepper, it just sent a shockwave through the music industry. Oh, we got to do this now? I mean, this is now the new pinnacle? This is now the new ultimate? And I have to believe a lot of bands just look at it and went, oh, got to be kidding me. I got to now go get an orchestra? I got to do these things? Can't I just play three chords on the guitar? I mean, that will always have its place, yeah, but, but you got to know. Yeah, but it didn't take something great. I mean, it was great and wonderful what, yeah. what took it off, but it wasn't this big thing that took it off. It was Bobby Gentry. Yeah, Bobby playing, Gentry playing is the one who went up and took them off. Guitar and blues and not all yeah. of this stuff. It could have been, though, they were just at the end of their run, and they're, with every no. album, you hit a critical mass. No. Everybody owns it. But Michael Jackson didn't hit that critical mass. He was on for how many weeks in a row? Yeah, 20-something. There you go. 20-something. It's yeah, like, you what, may half be right. a year? You may be right. You may be right. Okay, let's wrap up with what may very well be, and I doubt it is, but it says it, the last album Nice debut album uh, released in the year 1967. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Kenny Rogers and the first edition, ladies and gentlemen. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just dropped in to see what condition my condition I like, was in. I like Kenny's yep. uh, younger days. That was back when he was in kind of a pop country rock group. Yeah. Before he just went flat out country wearing brown suits, growing a big giant white beard, so, and, and, and buying chicken joints. I'm really out on the ledge there with, yeah, with Kenny Rogers, back. aren't I? Yeah. yeah. That'll wrap it up. I'm Joe Burns. I'm Tammy Burns. Was 1967 the greatest year for albums? I don't know. You make the decision. I think it was pretty good. Kenny Rogers and First Edition. That'll wrap it up. Class is dismissed. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. What condition my condition was in. I woke up this morning with the sundown shining in. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then I tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind on a jagged sky.